Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hello, I'm Sarah Moore, and you can find me on Instagram at Moore. Thank you. I say this to everybody because I love getting a chance to talk to people, especially people who other people recommend to me and my life. I feel like a kid following, I guess I am a great big giant scary sized kid following my curiosity. We, well, on all of these, we have a little discussion beforehand. And I asked you some things about movement and we were talking a little bit about play and I loved some of the comments you made about music. But then I asked the question, which is obviously a little harder, which is where did we, and I mean, we like the entire human race, where did we, where do you think we lost the, the self permission to play or move or whatever verb you're drawn to today? So do you have any thoughts on like, how did we lose that? Did, was there a time in the past when people did that all the time? Are there still spaces and places where people do it all the time? So if we think about the human race, play and art or expression, I think has been of one of the most fundamental uh, ways to communicate from an early, early age on. Even if you look at animals, this is what animals also do to communicate, they play. So within our genes and within our natural understanding of communication, movement as a sort of game or play is in our natural reaction, is part of who we are. So I was thinking about that earlier on when I talked to you um, and mentioned that for me, life is all about exchange. And exchange is also based on intelligence and intuitive intuitive intelligence basically it depends a bit on the 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 the, the place you're born the parents the, the 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 rules that you are um that you are raised through i think we never lost it and i think in a way we never had it it's just there hmm. it's just there Wired it's a bit like like nature hmm. to me do you, um i'm gonna say yeah, yeah. First of all, yes, I completely agree with you. First of all, yes. The I always have to remind myself, people can't hear what I'm thinking. Um, but my thought is, or and my thought is, when you go out, I'm assuming where, uh, assuming where you are, I know it is where I am. When I go outside, most people don't move and play like you and I are thinking of movement and play and freedom, uh, self, you know, permission. Uh, do you recall when you first noticed that I want to say the milieu, like the, the, the when you first noticed that, wait a minute, most people don't play after a certain age. Do you recall when or where you first noticed that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, I think it was when I moved to Germany because I, I was born in Guatemala and I was raised in Spain. And when I was 13, my family and me, we moved to Germany. And I'm half German too, but it was a shock for me to see that cultures move differently. And mm. mentalities make people move differently. And um, whereas in Spain, there is almost a game involved. In a, oh, it's almost a play. It's a game. When you say hi to someone, you get close. There's this moment where you laugh. You don't shake hands and have a distance. Um, so I, it was shocking to me to observe and see that kids, um, if you want to say it like that, they have lost their ability to express game and play. On the other side, I noticed, and this is why I said, I think we never lost it. Um, play doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, need to be visible to others. 
because German people may play more on a rational level and they play with rules. It's not visible um, like, like a playground where you see kids, but in a way it's a bit like chess. Chess is a game too. It's a, it's an, it's a different type of game and movement. Hmm. That's a great point about playing internally versus playing externally because if you watch it like I, I know how to play chess but I, I'm horrible if you watch somebody else play a game of chess unless you're really a chess lover it's pretty damn boring <laughs> people playing chess is like a bunch of hmm there's a lot of thinking and every once in a while they move one of these little pieces it's like yeah whatever I mean if you understand the game you're like oh that's clever you can kind of get into it but it's way more interesting to play chess than it is, I think, I'm going to generalize, than it is to watch chess. And I don't know that that's the same for all games, but it's a really interesting point that, that games can engage us and entertain and teach and do all these things in the internal space. Um, have you ever thought about the different types of games, you know, like I don't just mean like board games versus computer games versus, but like, have you ever thought about how different games are internal, their, their balance of how much are they internal? How much are they external? And I'm even thinking partner dance could kind of be considered a game that's particularly external. Uh, have you ever thought about how that balance of internal and external works? And you're nodding. So I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, beautiful thoughts again for me uh, to dive into. Um, and this was exactly when you started to talk. I already thought about the, before you asked the question, I was thinking about the dancing as something that is perceived from the audience as something playful, emotional, um, that, that for the eye of the, of the audience is almost delicious to watch. Whereas for the dancer himself or herself, and I, my, my background uh, basically comes from contemporary dancing, um, I, I'm a professional dancer myself. For the dancer, usually what looks incredibly delicious for, for the eye is extremely painful and hard mental work. Dancers, I don't want to say dancers don't enjoy what they do because otherwise they wouldn't be doing this career mm. that is mm. so incredibly hard on so many levels. Um, but there's so much mathematical thinking, um, so much understanding of the architecture of the space, why the space is moving, that the game that is perceived as game is designed to, to um, mirror an experience that might not be experienced by the dancer itself in that given moment. Mm. So it, this is what, what my work is also about and what I'm, what I'm interested to study in relationships, no matter to whom I talk to or live with or work with, is the, the balance of the internal and external truth. Because something that is perceived as truth from the outside is maybe um, it, it's maybe a game that that keeps a person in a cage that is able to perform mm. in a certain way, and performance is is a tool uh, that has been learned. Uh, but but you can lose you can lose the soul of the game while performing the game, and that that's when things become interesting for a professional person to go into understanding the performance and getting your love for what you do back. And this, this relationship with life is what interests me the most in, the, in, the, in, in its truth. Mm -hmm. hmm. I'm going to venture to guess that a significant amount of your coaching work is, I'm going to say, 
working with people who already have the movement bug, like it, um, do you know the sofa to 5k phrase? Like most people, I'm going to guess most people that you're coaching are not going to reach out to you and say like, okay, I'm, I'm on the sofa and I want to learn to be a mover. It's not that like zero start. I'm guessing most people are coming to you because they're somewhere on their journey. And I'm, I'm interested in how do you, maybe I'm completely wrong, but how do you bust open their thinking to show them how to like, the only problem with throwing away the video is nobody gets to see the little infinite loop, you know, figure eight you were creating as you were talking about that balance of internal and external. Um, that's why I unpacked it. I'm, I'm wondering like, if you get a new client and you see that they've sort of reached a plateau and maybe, maybe they're internal you know, they're too internal or they're too external, how do you like get them to fold it and make that infinite loop? Are there particular things that you show them or do you engage with them or do you challenge them? Like, if so, is that a thing that you really find yourself doing and like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I, I answer in the most concrete way and the <laughs> simplest manner. If I, if I keep it super simple, if I keep it super simple, I, this is what my work consists of. I remember, I remember and remind the person that I work with of who they have forgotten they actually are. I'm Why? nodding. I'm nodding vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I do this? Mm, to go back to what we started talking about, because the question is when in history did we mm. forget to play? And um there is so many, so many, so many nurturing thoughts coming to my mind, and I'll try to pick one. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely a difficult, but this is the thing. It's difficult to pick something in life, to make choices in life that nurture your soul and your motion in a way that it can be um, understood by others. And where you get getting back to the exchange topic, where you can exchange what you love, what you stand for, and what you believe is good for you and other people in the world, in the current century that you're living, for financial exchange that doesn't harm others, but support mm. you yes, and your mental and physical health. So you got to choose. And usually you choose something um, at an age that in our society you have to keep sticking to, to become an expert, to perform well, right? Mm. Um, so uh, we, we, I think that human beings, independent of how respected they may be in society in the given time that I work with them, are extremely intelligent on so many layers and levels. And... Every one of us knows what it feels like to be oneself. If you don't know that, you may at some point know that something is feeling odd and wrong while you're doing certain things. And this is usually when you look for someone to give you feedback, to remind you of what you are capable of. Why should I be telling people what they, what they should do? Why don't I support them to remind what they want? to do in their lives no matter and this is the the only thing that uh, that is different to what you expressed no matter if they are 75 90 years old or 
six months old. I work with 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 babies, with pregnant women, and then with kids, with uh, adolescent people, and up to my my oldest client. She's ninety years old now, and they they none of none of them necessarily needs to have a movement background. And this is when things get interesting to me. Like, how can I use uh, use my voice uh, and my knowledge to support their bodies? to free their minds through the body. So sometimes I know that there's nothing I need to say. <laughs> I try to wait as long as possible before wrecking it. Um, so, okay, the, as you implied before you started, there's a bunch of material in there that's like really, really interesting and, and unpacked, but I'm watching the clock tick. The beauty of podcasts is people can rewind and listen to that again. Um, I love when I encounter people who have integrated things. So like the first step on everybody's journey might be self-discovery and self-awareness. And then the next step might be to start discovering things about the world. But the step that not everybody gets around to is to start integrating the things that they're seeing and finding abstract principles or, or like, here's a single thing that I can use as a guide star. And clearly you have a lot of integrated knowledge. And my personal opinion is if you have a lot of integrated knowledge, it's, I don't want to say easier, but it's possible to figure out how to help someone. If that you're like, well, I see this, 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 and this. And you're like, well, it's almost like a, a Rubik's cube. You, you turn it in like, have you considered this? And it makes it possible for you to pivot your knowledge and come up with a thread that might help that person. Um, which is my context for the following question. Do you recall like when you started integrating all these different things? We've been talking about a lot of different things here. Do you recall when you started integrating all this knowledge and coming up with either a through line or a, a set of theories, however you want to put it into words? So my my in my in intuitive uh, answer that came to my mind without me understanding why uh, I I the the word is pain. <laughs> P A I N, not paying pain. Okay, now you got to tell me why pain? Why pain? I I think that. Um, Nika Jankovic, who was in your podcast mm -hmm. uh, recently, she she said something to me, I think two days ago, saying, remember that we need pain to learn to trust and to see the beauty of things. Like this is where love evolves in the brain. Like uh, in, in the neuroscience, pain and love work together like siblings. And mm. um, everything I, everything I, I exchange with people and what I teach or how I support people has not been learned in books. So there is no, I, I, I know people I nowadays love to read and recommend books. I, I cannot talk about that. Um, it's been through, through experiences that I've done in my life and through not being scared of, of, of meeting the human pain and the human body, which we all experience at times and try to run away from but if you don't run away from that there is no other option than integrating integrating what your mind is capable to understand and to make it your own because this is what is the most exciting thing for me about life and about meeting people is when they are their own their own mind their own 
architecture, um, their own texture. You know, there is something beautiful about being able to respond uh, on your needs by listening to yourself. And this is when things need to be integrated because you can't be separated of yourself. Otherwise, you you are sick. And this is something you feel. So health feels good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else spring to mind rather than me steering the entire time? I'm just, I'm just I'm watching my stopwatch going, oh man. So yeah, this is something I wish for everyone actually who's listening and whoever for everyone who knows the person that is listening. Um, I, I wish the person that is listening to listen to their own brains more often instead of looking for answers in books, which is beautiful and it's something you you can you can get so rich with information but the experience is what makes it wonderful and this getting back to or if we're coming to the end getting back to the beginning of your of your podcast with me um let us forget less often where where we come from and let us have the um the capacity to lose the safety and the illusion of the safety that we are given in the given in our century to 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 figure out um, that pain is our uh, a beautiful companion that that is going to probably prove that the brain and the body loves us and moving moving uh, no matter if you're a dresser if you do parkour if you're a fighter or um, if you're a dancer whoever you are even if you are a person that just likes to move while sitting and move internally um, to have the faith to discover that you are safe in your body and enjoy the motion the way you want to move yourself in the given moment. I think love has an incredible power to make yourself perform even higher and better your own way in your own timing. So this is what I wish the people that are listening to discover. Oh, that's terrific. I think that's a beautiful sentiment to, for each person to try to shift their perspective on pain. Um, I would definitely agree that a lot of times pain, I mean, I've had pain like, oh, that's a problem. But I, most of the pain that I've encountered is like an indicator of you should go explore that more. So I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I guess my only regret is that, okay, now, I don't know if you like coffee or tea, but well, let's go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> but we're a little far <laughs> apart. So um, as much as I, I'm, I'm torn, um, I think I'm just going to say, and of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Listening, response, ability, and architecture. Mm, those are good. I'm writing as fast as I can. Those are three terrific words. Um, I always love hearing people's thoughts, especially when sometimes I know what the words might have been before, and then if they change, that's awesome. So, um, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. It was a real pleasure to get a chance to meet you um, and to hear your thoughts and to share some of mine. Thank you. Thank you, too. It was a pleasure for me as well. <laughs>